Hello again, everybody. This is Lance Russell with Championship Wrestling with another big week. Join us right now. Hey, welcome to the Double Dropkick Show. I'm Heath Mulliken. I'm Mark Whitman. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit of wrestling today. No spoilers today. If you listen to our last episode, uh, we talked Rise of Skywalker, Mandalorian, and uh, the beef industry and global warming. <laughs> That's why I love this show. You never know what you're going to get. Today, we're going to start out. Uh, I have read some news. We're recording this January 12, 2020. Or are we supposed to say 2020 or 2020? I heard that you're supposed to say 2020 because there's 2020 vision and the TV show 2020. But hmm. I would guess you just say whatever you want to say while it's still America and you still can. Yeah. I mean, what we got, maybe 10 more months of that. So here we go. Uh, so, yeah, 2020. And now I done lost some train of thought. Anyway, we're going to talk a little wrestling today. I saw a story last night. Mm-hmm. So this week I've heard. From a conversation I had with somebody, I don't want to reveal my convert. I don't want to reveal my. I want to protect my source. Uh, but it was having to do with money, and I want to talk a little bit about money in wrestling and get your thoughts on. Um, I actually just recorded a behind-the-scenes patron talking about some of this stuff uh, that I haven't posted yet. But uh, so the the couple of things I heard. Uh, so Marty Skrull coming into twenty twenty is kind of like that we knew he's becoming a free agent and everybody's expecting him to sign with AEW. That's where all his friends are. That's what the story that I read last night, um, Marty Skrull has been offered uh, WWE main roster money. By, this is by Ring of Honor. They've offered to be main roster money, which let's just say that's $125,000. Hundred hundred to $200,000, that kind of range. We're not talking $5 million, six. That's a good amount of money. For 40 dates. Ring of Honor offered him this? Ring of Honor has offered him this money for 40 dates. Huh. And the room, and, and the, the kicker is that's his primary contract, and he is open to work in WA, which he is, uh, New Japan possibly, and, again, this is a rumor, just AEW, that he could huh. work for all of those. So the question I wanted to ask you, is that even possible contractually? If they say it is, I guess it is. I mean, I guess if everybody agrees. But, I mean, main roster money for 40 dates a year. That's incredible. Yeah, man, that's awesome. Like, yeah. if you could – if you're on the how – many, how many dates do you think main roster people – or working for four it's four a week, so at least two hundred. Yeah, I dates. guess it depends on who it is. I don't. I'm not a mathematician. Brock Lesnar. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. But if you're on the uh, Shorty G, <laughs> yeah, right, right. Contract, which may not even be what hundred, maybe a hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. Mm-hmm. And you're telling me, all right, you can make this to work two hundred dates a year, or you can make this work forty dates, a right? Year. I'm taking the 40 days. All day long. I mean, yeah, that's not even a question. Why wouldn't you? So, I, if I'm Marty, and I don't even know if he was on WWE's radar, but if, if – I would have to think that he was. I, I think mean. Marty's – I think he's in his early 30s. Yeah. 
So if he signs like a two to three four year contract, makes good money here, he's working fewer dates, less wear and tear on his body. Mm-hmm. He he's got another good big contract in him. Oh yeah, that his next contract could be the yeah, especially if he can make a a strong body of work. And and I mean it's kind of gambling on yourself, I guess that right. you can be a draw. And I mean I would think if they're offering him that kind of money, they'd have him figured in for main event level stuff, not not open a match in mid card in Ring of Honor. So if you could do that for Ring of Honor and turn that business around and prove that you have a value to a company like WWE, then you could go there and make a a, a big money marketing right. contract. So the the other thing that I had heard involving Ring of Honor is that Jeff Cobb um, wanted to sign with New Japan and that Ring of Honor offered him significantly enough money to stay with them, but then they were still going to let him work that all the New Japan dates. Man. So I say all that, like, I believe we're ending the era of what you just said of betting on yourself. Right. We're entering the era where... I don't think people, not everybody's going to jump at the WWE money. No, no, not if they're getting that. You know, not if you're giving them a couple hundred grand to work less. Why would they? And probably have a lot more creative control. Right. Creative freedom. So, it, so are, I think AEW to me, they're kind of their pitch to performers – is the creative freedom. Mm-hmm. Now, Which, Ring of Honor impact. One, I'm going to tell you one thing yeah. you've seen with AEW, though, is they need somebody to say no. Yes. They need that guy. Yeah. They need somebody who's saying, just because you can do it, don't mean that you should. Yeah. Yeah, I, um, uh, Wednesday night, which would have been the 8th, I watched AEW, and uh, it was... It was very convoluted. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I feel like AEW lead up to their launch. They were telling me a lot of things. Mm-hmm. We're going to have a great tag team. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to have a great tag team division. Adam Page is going to be one of our top singles guys. Kenny Omega's. And they kind of told me this is where we're going. Win, wins and lo- it's going to be more athletic based, and it's going to be more like sport. And wins and losses are going to matter. Right. And we're going to take this serious. It's not going to be silly and goofy. Everybody can't be dark. Right. Everybody can't be Kevin Sullivan and the Undertaker. Right. And then- especially when you got the one guy on your roster, Pentagon Junior, that can be that and is yeah. not. Right. The one guy who actually knows how to pull that gimmick off is right. not doing that gimmick. Um, so we get into Dynamite, and every week it seems that Trent is in a singles match, even though he's in a tag team. Mm-hmm. But they're putting him in singles matches every week. You've told me for six months leading up, Adam Page is one of our top singles competitors. You put him in a tag team with Kenny Omega. Mm-hmm. So he's in a tag team with Kenny Omega. They <laughs> the have, other guy that was supposed to be your big single star. They're in a tag team match the other night. They beat Private Party, who you've told me is one of your top tag teams. Mm-hmm. And while they're in this tag team match, Pac comes out, challenges Kenny Omega to a singles match to finish 
this trilogy of matches they're in, I don't know what's going on anymore. Right. You know who I put uh, Kenny Omega with? Who? Dustin Rhodes. Against Taggart. I would do. I would put them together to start with, and then I would do the the Dick Murdoch. Ted DiBiase or Mr. Wrestling 2 Magnum TA deal with yeah. those two guys. I'd put them together as baby faces. Would have a, a heavyweight title shot come up, and Dustin thinks this is my last shot. You know yeah. what I mean? I should probably get this one. I, I'll take this one, kid, mm-hmm. you, and because you got you got plenty of time. And yeah. then, you know, Omega kind of be resentful of that, and and Dustin turn on him and and bloody him up a little bit. Just like they did. I mean, I would have Kenny Omega come out and do the, the spirit t- of seventy six. Yeah, the spirit of seventy six thing. I mean, because it worked before and it would work again, and not a lot. Not a lot of those fans have seen that. Um, have seen that angle done. Um, and and then, but the reason is because I think Kenny Omega has the potential to be a great singles guy, but he needs somebody to teach him a little bit more about how to work that. Over to slow it down a little bit yeah. you know don't do so much of the posing the posing and stuff and he needs somebody to show him that and teach him that and dustin rhodes is, is so good mm-hmm. at that, that right you know what i mean at knowing when to stop and yeah. when to acknowledge the crowd like yeah. dustin rhodes is incredible at he, that stuff right and if you put them together for a year and have all different kind of matches and then kenny omega can come out on top of that feud and now not only is he elevated because he's beaten Dustin Rhodes, who is a established guy. Yeah. He's also been working with somebody that, that kind of knows how to lay, lay a really good match out, and he can carry that into his his feuds with it. And he's also worked a somebody who doesn't – who probably couldn't do that 90 miles an hour. Right, style. right. Exactly. Exactly. Um. There was another match because Dustin and Cody wrestled the Lucha Brothers, and they beat the Lucha Brothers. Mm-hmm. And but it was later on in the show, uh, Pentagon came out to interrupt a match or cut a promo on somebody. And I'm like, wait a minute, he's in the tag team, and he's coming out cutting a promo on one guy. Mm-hmm. And it was just things like that. And then this week during the women's match. The people with Brandy came down to ringside, and she's on commentary. And then some, apparently some. Dr. Luther. Somebody I'd never seen or heard of. Mm-hmm. And apparently the rest of the, no one else in Memphis knew who it was. Right. And it's. That's their thing. They've got to stop. We've I think we said this two months yeah. ago. You have to stop introducing all of these people as though everybody's supposed to know who yeah. they are. Give yeah. me some context. Yeah about who some of these people are to explain their backstories. Don't just sh- have them show up and yeah. me supposed to pop for them because everybody knows that they're, oh, this is deathmatch legend Dr. Luther, who's evidently a friend of Jericho's, mm. and this is what we're doing there. Mm. And I got no problem mm-hmm. with looking out for your friends, mm-hmm. you know. But the young bucks got that friend of theirs that they keep putting on TV. Well, he had it's either going to hurt somebody or hurt himself because he ain't that good. Right. If, if you started up a business mm-hmm. and you became a multimillionaire, mm-hmm. I would assume if you were looking to hire people, you might bring me in and give me a pretty good salary. Yes. Okay. But you probably wouldn't put me in charge of the liquor cabinet. No. Well, 
I wouldn't have a liquor cabinet. I probably, <laughs> right. I probably wouldn't put you in charge of customer service. Okay, exactly. I exactly. probably, I would probably make you, I'd make you a supervisor, a man. I'd put you over my young guys to whip them in shape mm-hmm. and get them to work hard and 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 make things happen. And I know I could say, Mark, this is what we got to get done today. And you would say, "Don't tell me how to do my job." I would say, "Yes, sir," and I know you'd get it done. <laughs> but, 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 but the point is, right? Like you can't keep bringing your friends in and putting them on TV and trying to make big stars out of them if when they're, they're if the, when they're not when right. they're not capable of being that. Yeah, the the, guy, the young buck's buddy does not need to be on TV. Brandon yes. Cutler. Yeah, I'm sorry. He might. I'm sure he's a fine guy. Yes, great sure guy, and I and I don't see anything wrong with them helping their friend out. Hulk Hogan did it for Brutus Be- Brutus, yeah. Brutus Beefcake his whole career. Yeah, help him out, give him a job, put him backstage, give him a camera. But that don't mean everybody needs to be a wrestler, right? Right. Um, and I think Brandon Cutler's wife is the one that does all their gear. That's great. That don't awesome, mean man. You I mean, can employ both of those people. Yes, pay them well. You know, there's Just nothing don't put wrong on with TV. that. But that doesn't mean that he has to be on TV hurting himself or somebody else. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the women's division. They decided to try to build this thing around Brett Baker, and boy, she wasn't ready. And now they're and now and Reho, she looks. But the thing is, what she looks like, she could be the head of a women's division. Yeah, like, and it's not that she's this. I'm not talking about her physical look. She has a quality about yeah. her. Yes, she has that intangible quality. She looks like she belongs on TV. Right. She looks like she can command a crowd. When you, yes. if you looked at her, you would say, "I don't know who she is, but I know she's somebody." Before and after the bell rings. She's got the crowd. Mm-hmm. It's just the in ring. Yeah, they need to be putting her off off of TV. Yeah, working with people that know how to work. They need to go out and do what WWE did, and they need to find people like um, cheerleader Melissa uh-huh. that knew how to work. Right. That were females that knew how to work like men. AEW needs a couple of them to be doing some of their training. Um, and guys like Fit Finley. Oh, that. Should get a lot of credit for the female division in WWE, too. Is it just me? The last couple of times Riho's wrestled, she's basically one with a distraction roll-up. Could be. I hadn't watched in about a month. Is that that's not? Is that a way to book a baby face? Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think that's okay every now and then. Yeah. But that's, I mean, we've talked about it before. That's a way overused. Yeah, like literally, she every match it's a roll up out of nowhere kind of thing, and I, I just man, she weighs literally not hundred. She is so small, right? And has already been wrestling like fifteen years. Yeah, like how her body is gonna. Yeah, I mean, you look at. um, I'm not a fan of letting kids do that anyway i know there's exceptions there's the eddie guerrero's and the ray mysterio's of this yeah world. i get it there are exceptions but there's a lot more like Paige mm. that started too young and messed their bone structures up um, you know you just hate to see it man Paige could have been big i mean she could have been huge man she was really good and her, her body gave out in her early 20s man yes yeah. and i think we're gonna i think we're gonna start 
seeing more of that. I do too. You got I, Jason Jordan now. Right. Who something but on the flip side of that, the rumor today is that Edge is coming back at Royal Rumble. I heard that. That we're that that we are making enough the uh, medical advancements mm-hmm. and and the body can heal mm-hmm. that he is no longer allegedly mm-hmm. that he's safe to work now yeah. and and he speared Elias I guess yeah I remember and that. there's no way he gets cleared to do that if you're cleared to, if you're cleared to spear somebody yeah. if you're oh, cleared yeah. to get physical you're cleared to get all the way. Exactly. Physical. Yeah, yeah, right. It's not like they're hey, it's okay if you spear this guy, but don't get body slammed. Right. No, I mean it's all the same. Uh I hope he does. Edge has always been one of them. Oh, I got you know, I hope you know, we went to the WrestleMania that ended up being his last match and it just it was uh it was the opening match of mm-hmm. WrestleMania and it was uh it wasn't a bad match, but it was not a great match yeah. with him and Del Rio, uh, but yeah, you hope he, he he gets another shot to really go out the way he wants to, right? You know, but I mean, how old is he? I mean? He'd be how old now? He's been retired for nine years. Yeah, he's been retired for a while. I mean, he's been. But mid-40s. I mean, you know, yeah, he's probably he's got to be what right around the same age Shawn Michaels was when he came back and had his that run where he had wow. all those incredible matches. So I mean, hopefully, if he can work a reduced schedule. You know, because Edge has got potential to have some really, really good matches, man. There's, right. I think word is if he that Cena may come back and they may do something Ooh. at WrestleMania. I think it's kind of a big rumor because that was, that was they always they they always had really good matches with yeah. one another. Uh, I think he was to me. He's always been Cena's best opponent. Yeah, because there was such there was such a contrast there, right. The rated R superstar, and then the like clean make cut. a wish, right? Make a wish superstar. Yeah, yeah. He, he seen always to me had his best matches with him. And a lot of people would say Randy Orton, but I always thought Edge was. Yeah, the uh, going back to, to our original topic, talking about money. Um, uh, you two more names I want to throw out at you again. I talk about this on behind the scenes a little bit. Um, Matt Hardy's contract's up March 1st, and his mm-hmm. contract's up, so there's not a no-compete. Uh, where number one, First of all, what would you like to see Matt Hardy do, and what do you but what do you think may actually happen? Like, if you oh. – <coughs> like, if you could say, man, I would love to see Matt Hardy do this, what would it be? Or do you – it's like, eh, hey, no, no, I like Matt Hardy. Um, I would – I would like to see Matt Hardy be somewhere where they use him the way he deserves to be used. Yeah. And I think that would probably be AEW. Yeah. I don't know that WWE's ever saw. No. Um, They've always seen him as second fiddle to Jeff. I think. Right. I think so, too. And I don't think that he is. No. I always thought he was. Jeff's got that charisma that just – not everybody has. Right. Jeff's definitely got that, but I always thought Matt was the better worker of the two. Matt, I mean, Jeff could take those big stump bumps and whatnot, but Matt's always been, to me, uh, a better worker. He's mm-hmm. always been more reliable. Yeah. Obviously, you could always count on him to, and he's a family man now. Yeah. Um, he doesn't have 
some of the baggage that comes with Jeff Hardy. Yeah. Which is just unfortunate. Yeah. At this point. Um, and he doesn't have that stigma. Yeah. That Jeff Hardy's got with him, some of the stuff that's gone down in his career. Um, but I hope Matt winds up somewhere where he can have one last good run and show what he's capable of and, and elevate some people, which you know that he can do, and, and let him creatively do what he's capable of because he's a real creative guy. Uh, knowing – I would not be surprised – like, maybe we're in the season where these guys work for everybody. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I got to think. I always look at, at Cody and and realize how much money he made mm-hmm. outside of WWE. Yeah. And he really, I mean, he was a lower mid-card guy. Yeah. In WWE. Yeah. Um, and if I'm a guy like, I mean, even if I'm Kevin Owens and Daniel Bryan and those guys, I've you got to be looking at that and realizing how much money there is to be made first before you sign with AEW yeah. or before you sign with Ring of Honor or, yeah. or whatever. You do a, a good six or eight month indie tour mm-hmm. where you go out and do the fan fests and sign the pictures right. and, and get that money. Yeah. Because I imagine it's you could a, a upper mid card main event guy like especially Matt Hardy could probably go back and do another tour of the Indies because it's been, what, four or five years since he's right. been on the Indies circuit. Right. He had kind of worn it out. <laughs> yeah. Know? I mean, they'd been everywhere. If you hadn't met the yeah. Hardys or, or at that point, right. you probably didn't want to. Um, but it's been a while now. Mm-hmm. So he could probably go do one more tour of the Indies and then go to a – I just – I want to see guys like that who I think are genuinely good people. Yeah. I just want to see good stuff happen for them. Right. Wherever they wind up at. You just kind of want to see them do what's best for them and their family. But if if you think about it, let's just say, let's say Matt Hardy could get 250000 to work 40 dates mm-hmm. for Ring of Honor. And then he says, and, and here's the thing. This, okay, let's talk about what's possible. Ring of Honor, or excuse me, AEW is Wednesday nights mm-hmm. and one weekend uh, – they're running 52 shows plus four pay-per-views, 56 shows, mm-hmm. Wednesdays and Saturdays. Ring of Honor, the, the Ring of Honor wouldn't uh, affect any of the Wednesdays, maybe one or two of the pay-per-views. Mm-hmm. So you got a way that date-wise that could work, mm-hmm. uh, that you could sign with Ring of Honor and work for AEW. You, uh, Moxley's still working New Japan dates. Uh, Jericho's working New Japan dates. Um, I think that's a possibility, and I think, I think if Matt Hardy goes in went into AEW's office and says, uh, "Hey, this is what I want, and I'm going to do Ring of Honor too," I think how do you you definitely sign him and say yes, yes, sir. Yeah, I don't know why you wouldn't want to sign Matt Hardy. Um, I've heard what Jeff is. They're going to hold Jeff to his contract, right? Like, he's been out so long, so they're going to make him ride that out. Yeah, so his contract, I think, will go for six to ten more months. Right. Um, They may release him, though. You never know. I mean, I didn't think they'd release Luke Harper. No. But they did. Right. And and I think – 
Luke Harper is one of those guys. Again, I'm not trying. I'm not trying to disparage Luke Harper. But if there were all these Luke Harper fans out there, they would have been buying Luke Harper merchandise, and WWD would not even. They would have been pushing Luke Harper, and right. would, certainly wouldn't have released him. Right. So for the fact that they're all now these Luke Harper. Well, oh, I've been a, I've been a Brody Chase fan. Or no, what's his name? Not Brody, Brody Lee. Brody, Lee, Brody yeah. Chase, different wrestler. <laughs> yeah, different guy. I've been a Brody Lee fan since the beginning. Right. <laughs> and I'm sure there have been. Um, you know. Let's talk about uh, – so maybe even bigger than any – not bigger than some of these. Revival, same deal. Yeah, they're they're looking to play out their contracts. Mm-hmm. And uh, – See what they can get. It's, well, it's already been rumored WWE is going to double their salaries to 500000 a apiece. Mm-hmm. That's not bad work if you can get it. Right. But still, that's for – that's a lot of work. I mean, it's a yeah. lot of travel. Uh. That's going to Saudi Arabia once a year. Yeah. Uh, or twice a year or now. Twice. Who knows? Who knows how much longer they'll be doing that. Yeah, especially now with uh, the international tensions yeah. the way they are. And that's uh, – it's really becoming a hot but I mean, you know what I mean? People are really taking them to task over that. I think you saw what CM Punk – Uh-uh. What do you say? I can't repeat it. Oh, <laughs> He said something about Saudi Arabia. He said something about blood money or something. Yeah, Miz. Uh, he deleted the tweet, but it didn't seem like no working thing to me. Oh wow. He uh, Miz. They said something about Miz was on that backstage show, and he did yeah. a video, and he made a smart comment at the end because they told him something about. I forget what happened. Anyway, he said, "Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't change the culture." And yeah. Punk tweeted, why don't you go suck on a blood-covered Saudi money, bye-bye, you effing dork. <laughs> well, well, well. I don't think we need to go there. <laughs> I just love the fact that he called the Miz a dork. Cause right. Because he is, man. He, he is yeah. a dork. Yeah. He's kind of grown on everybody. But now he's yeah. back to kind of being a dorky. Yeah, he's just a dork, man. But he but doesn't it, care about us. He wakes up to a beautiful woman, a nice right. paycheck, got some beautiful children, and there you, you know. go. And, I I mean, if I had a wrestling company, I'd want a guy like him there. I mean, I, you We've know. We've said it many times. He's a, he, he doesn't seem to mind getting up early and doing the radio interviews. And he's a, he puts on a good face and he tows the company line. Never hurt. He doesn't have he doesn't have bad matches. He doesn't no. get hurt. He doesn't hurt other people. Yeah, doesn't embarrass you on social media. Right, you know, hey, like him or not, he's a heck of an employee. He's a he's a valuable employee yes. that you'd like to have. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, so I, I think twenty twenty. Uh, I think last year was the year of everybody was a free agent. And they, you had all the elite being free agents at the same mm-hmm. time. You had AEW launching, and so the, I think we're going to go from. I don't know. I think every company, but WWE, is going to change kind of their business and contract structure. Yeah, probably so. Because I don't know if you know this, WWE hesitant to change. Boy, they don't do that. Vince they- McMahon not known for. Uh, his forward thinking ways. He he does not he he is set in his ways. As most octogenarians 
he's, he's not going to change because you don't like him. Right. They were talking about that. Everybody's hating on this uh, this Lashley, Lana, yeah. Liv Morgan, Rusev thing. And so he loves it. Yeah. So don't. It's not going anywhere. Right. He thinks it's great. Jerry Lawler said he was. He had something going on with the XFL that day, and he still made the trip because they were all in Vince's office. Evidently. Uh huh. This is Jerry Lawler telling yeah. the story because they knew Vince wasn't going to be there that night. Yeah. And like somebody rushed in and was like, "Y'all have got to get his office back right." He showed up because they were just hanging out in his office, like Lawler and them treating it like an, another locker room, just oh, a place wow. to go sit. And they come. They were like, "Vince is here. Y'all got to get everything back the way it's supposed to be." And he showed up at Raw just to watch that wedding go down. Speaking, of, he loves a wedding, boy. He does. <laughs> Man, love, they love to do these angles where wives emasculate their men. That company, somebody in that company's got a fetish yeah. for watching their husbands get emasculated by their the, wives. The first wedding. Re- Wrestling wedding that I remember. Saturday night's main event. Uh-huh. Uncle Elmer. Yep. And all I remember is they kissed the bride and Jesse Ventura. Well, that looks like two carps fighting over the same <laughs> piece of corn. Yeah, that's a great line. And that was just one of the greatest yeah, things. That is a great line. I miss guys like Ventura that could just off the cuff come up with that stuff. Yeah. He was a funny guy. He was, man. He really was. I miss those witty guys that actually knew how to cut promos. Yeah. Ventura, even Monsoon, Bobby Heenan. Yeah. You know, when Roddy Piper and you know was doing commentary for a while. I think Excalibur and Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone have gotten a lot better. Yeah. But they're still – They're they're missing something. Uh, yeah, I think I don't know. I wouldn't want to criticize Jim Ross, right? Because I think he's great. Um, but I'm I feel I think I don't know that he has a passion for it like he did right. in WWE. You know what I mean? And I think he'll be back in WWE before it's all over with. And I and I don't know that Shivani has a product knowledge. Right. Do you think back then um, Jim Ross had um, – he had signed these guys. Yeah. Uh-huh. There was a relationship there. Mm-hmm. There And there was also a – I signed this guy – and I've got to get him over on commentary because if he doesn't get over, that looks bad on me. Right. I agree. And that element is kind of gone. And I think Ross he know, Ross knows the difference between good wrestling and bad wrestling. And there's a lot of bad wrestling on AEW. Not necessarily bad wrestling. There's just things that – we've been in crowds of 75 people where certain things work. That wouldn't work in front of 10,000. Yes. Yes. You know, and I think there's a lot of that. I think a lot of those guys haven't learned to work in front of big crowds. Right. Not only that, I think they do a lot of goofy stuff that doesn't make sense. And yeah. Jim Ross is not going to put it over. Right. If it doesn't make sense, he's not, he's, 
he's one of the last guys left with any credibility, and he ain't going to give it away over goofy wrestling. Um, the other night, again, this would have been January 8th, uh, private party is wrestling Adam Page and Kenny Omega. And as I'm watching private party, there's just something missing mm -hmm. with them. Yeah. It's like they're not ready. It's like there's something a little bit off. Mm -hmm. there, there's a missing piece that when you watch WWE programming, 99% of the time you don't see that missing piece. When you're right. on WWE, you, like you got it. And I do. I feel like that's one of AEW's biggest problems mm -hmm. is they have a roster full of people who are not ready for prime time. They do, and I've heard that Jericho is really – making an effort yeah. to get – like I heard that he talked to him about the tag team stuff a, a month or two ago and said hey, you've got – like and told the referees, y'all have got to start enforcing some rules. Y'all have got to do – like I'd heard that he had a big meeting with the with everybody. But. So if you go back and watch Dustin and Cody versus Pentagon and Ray Phoenix from Wednesday night, January 8th, there are almost some awkward tags. Mm-hmm. Like, it's almost like there were some tags. It's almost like um, I'm going to hit you three times, you fall down, and I'm just going to walk to my corner and tag. Mm -hmm. Whereas normally I would have maybe put you in a headlock, took you over to my corner, made the tag, and then we'd – but it was just like not – it was just like there was a lot of these breaking the action, go make a tag, yeah. fresh guy in. I mean, multiple times in that match. Well, because, like, especially the Lucha style is being used to just make the switch. Yeah. You know, and I'm guessing that has something to do with that. Right. So it was, uh, yeah, it, it was, I, I'm watching that. It just seemed a little, seemed a little off. But, I mean, it shows, I mean, Jericho's, you know. And the Jericho Moxley segment the other night was absolutely tremendous. Oh, was it? Uh, Everything Jericho's done there has been good. And I think Moxley showed, he just shows every week how badly WWE missed the boat on him. Because hmm. um, he goes in, spoiler alert, he goes in and uh, they've said, we want you to join the inner circle. He's like, Jericho, uh, I'm, I'm, you think I'm here. I'm not here to make money. I'm not here to drive fancy cars. I'm not here to win. I'm here to dominate. And that's why my answer is yes. And he unzips his shirt, inner circle, because there is nothing more dominant than the inner circle. And we are going to dominate. We're going to run roughshod. And the crowd just boo. And he's like, oh, you guys are booing me. Da, 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 da. And they go back and forth, and they drink the champagne. And it, and you think, and it's like, oh, my gosh, they really. And then, of course, at the end, it's just him and Jericho. He's like, hey, Chris, I was just kidding. And he hits him with a <laughs> champagne bottle. And it's awesome. It was just like, dude, this guy. Not only – you know what's good about that is because, for once, a wrestling company figured out to let the heel be the butt of the joke. Yes. Not because it's always the other way around, especially in WWE where the baby faces always look stupid. Yeah. Somebody finally said, why don't we make the heels look stupid? Yeah. Maybe that's what the heel's job is, is to make is to look stupid so the baby face can get elevated. Yeah. You know, it's like somebody understands that. Uh it was but it was really, really good. And I think now, 
I'm not saying that John Moxley, that WWE getting him right, that he would have been the top guy. Right. But I'm saying if you get Moxley right, he is a solid third guy. That that right. that that third spot down on the card is better than most people's main event. Right, and he—I tell you what—I noticed about him too that I didn't see in WWE, uh-huh. but that I do see now is how big he is compared to other people yes. in AEW. That's—he looks like a super heavyweight. Yes, he does, and he didn't look like that standing next to Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins and no, and Luke Harper and and all that. He didn't look that way, but man, you put him in that AEW ring and he's towering over everybody. Like if Randy Orton went to AEW, he'd be like Andre the Giant. He would, man. He really would. Cuz even Luchasaurus Luchasaurus is big, but he's still not as big as Jack Swagger. No. Mm. Of course, there ain't a lot of people as big. As True, there ain't a lot of people. Jack Swagger's a big joker. He I saw man. him I saw him live because him and Nick Aldis were wrestling at WrestleCade last year or two years ago, and he towered over Nick. And Nick really? Aldis is not a small guy. Right. And he towered over him. Uh, but, there, yeah. Um, yeah. It, there's some big guys and there's some little guys. And somebody, who was it that called AEW all petite wrestling? <laughs> I don't know who said it first, but Cornette's been saying it a lot, but somebody else said it first. All petite wrestling. Might have been Rob Van Dam. Oh, said he, he had no interest in going to all petite wrestling. <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good. Even like, what's, yeah. Yeah. Even, even like, The women, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I better, I'm not trying to say anything bad, but I'm probably going to say it wrong and it'll probably sound bad, so I better not say it. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? I do. Uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is when you watch WWE programming and the women come out, that's an athletic looking woman. Mm-hmm. And right. I don't get that sense in AEW. Okay, I got you. Uh, yeah, that's what I'll say. Uh, and I'm not even talking about size. Mm-hmm. I'm talking like uh, just looking like an athlete. Charlotte looks like an athlete. Charlotte looks like an athlete. Mm-hmm. Now, not all wrestlers look like the athlete of the day is supposed to look. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them's belly just a little big. Some of them's is just a little big. But, brother, I am bad, and I know I'm bad. And there were two bad people. <laughs> one was John Wayne. He's dead. <laughs> and the other was right here. Oh. It was two bad people. One's John Wayne, and he's dead. <laughs> uh, let's, man, let's, uh, you, I, you said on Twitter, you know, I, I told you to, to watch AEW, and you said you watched old Dusty Rhodes <laughs> promos. Uh hmm I actually, and it was for the one I watched. He didn't say anything. Oh, really? What? what, what Nothing. He didn't say anything. He just talked for two minutes. I got no idea what he was talking <laughs> about, but I knew at the end of it that Tully Blanchard, Arn Anderson, only Ric Flair, J.J. Dillon, Nikita Koloff, Ivan Koloff, the Road Warriors, are, with the help of the Road Warriors, uh, Dusty Rhodes going to beat everybody up. 
uh, they're gonna be hell to pay, Daddy. <laughs> I saw a promo with him the other day, and I think it was for Georgia, and he was wrestling the Andersons, and he was like, "I'm gonna do it myself. I don't need no help." Andre the Giant gonna be with me. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I don't need no help, but Andre the Giant's gonna be there, watching my back. Yep, I remember that promo. Um, if you ever, so I quoted. It'll never be over. Uh, I I quoted him on Facebook the other day, and like, if you ever like Google the transcript mm-hmm. of a Dusty Rhodes promo, <laughs> it's like it's like you got a fourth grade class. All right, kids, we're gonna we're gonna write a speech to our bully, right? And write it down on what would you say? And it is what the grammar and all of that is like of a fourth grader. Uh huh. But yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. But man, it's but you know what he but meant. You know what he meant. And right. today, I can understand the promo. Don't know what they meant. Exactly. I, I get every word. They right. said every word perfect. Yeah. No mistakes. No yeah. nothing. Didn't didn't sell one ticket. Yeah. Didn't make me want to buy one thing. Dusty Rhodes, I watched one pro- I watched this promo where he didn't say nothing and I was just like, I need to find a Tully Blanchard and Dusty Rhodes match and watch it so I can apply that promo to it. Right, right. You know? Um I saw a thing and it may we talked about it on the last episode about some it was a climate change protest or something. But uh all the dude that played the president on the West Wing. He was Martin Sheen. Martin Sheen. He was giving a speech. Two minutes. Great. I have no idea what he said. Like, it was so eloquent, it was above my head, but I knew exactly what he meant. Right. And he would, and it was basically, and he said it like a wrestling promo. I'm like, that's, write that down. Uh-huh. Like, that's a wrestling promo right there. Mm-hmm. But nothing, uh, like, it, but it's how you made, how it made you feel. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, I was listening to a podcast last night, and, this guy was talking about how you know he'd been a big fan and how he's the more shows he started going to, guys started coming up to him like, "Hey, how was my match?" And they weren't just saying, "Hey, as a fan, how was my match?" They're like, "Critique my match. Mm-hmm. Like, what did you think?" And I think for me, I'm too nice. If somebody has a bad match and asks me if I've been doing commentary and I'm making it the greatest match ever, and they ask me how was my match, right? But well, we talked about that. When we used to do commentary, like I would not like, because uh, I had uh, had guys would ask me to, yeah, and I would be honest if I didn't like something, I would tell right, them I right. think maybe you should have did this different, did that. But I'm like you when when I was doing commentary, I wasn't looking for the flaws; I right. was looking for the good stuff to talk about the good stuff, and it was ignoring the bad. Right, but I, th- I think if I watch the show now, not doing because co- when you're doing commentary, you're in completely different frame of mind right but if i watched the show and somebody said hey how was my match i would tell them how it made me feel yeah and i would either say it, to me the worst thing i could say was like it didn't make me feel anything yeah yeah and that's the worst thing mm-hmm. uh that to me would be the worst thing and that's the thing uh if you're listening to this and you're an independent wrestler if you don't make people feel something you ain't ever ever gonna make money doing anything I can't remember telling these two guys who it is and not important. Um, if you do this great match, 10 minutes, you're going to do a 10-minute match. And if both of you kick out on one, mm-hmm. then a two count will mean something. Yeah. 
just kick out on one like the whole match. And when somebody finally hits a two count, yeah, it's going to mean something. Yeah. And the place, trust me, the place will pop if both of you kick out on one. Right. And they were like, no, that just doesn't make any sense. They, don't, they all need to be dramatic two counts. And I said, like, cool, go ahead. Like, then y'all do whatever you want to do. Yeah. And then I found out a few months later, somebody, I guess, told somebody that. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And some other, I think, independent company did it, and it worked. Yeah. I think I look back on our, you know, just the fact that the opportunity that we got to lay out stuff. That's pretty yeah. cool that we had the chance to do that. But I, but it's frustrating to me that ninety like I I mean just me and you riding in the car and hearing your ideas and then I'd hear you or I'd hear about you laying it out for these guys and ninety nine percent of the time they they didn't get what you were trying to say right like I remember the time you were talking about um, putting the head in the corner yeah and kind of mm-hmm. tell and they didn't do it right. And it didn't quite work the way. What was? It? Do you remember? Well, I, and I got this from Jim Cornette. Okay, who would have thought? Maybe Jim Cornette might might have seen a spot that worked. Yes, you know. So I heard him tell the story. Yeah. So I related to somebody that if you and I forget the number, but it's it takes somebody and ram their head into the turnbuckle thirty seven times. Yeah. And they were like, "What?" Yeah. And I said, "Yeah, like you're, but you'll lose the people." I said, "Yeah." You're going to lose them. Yeah. You're going to lose the people. Yeah. Somewhere around 15. Yeah. You're going to lose them. Yeah. But somewhere around 30, you're going to get them back. Yeah. Yeah. And I think. And and if you'll do it. Yeah. Then around 30, you'll get those people back and then you'll hit those last couple and they'll be, and they will pop every single time you bash his head into the turnbuckle, they will pop. Right. And they. They did it like ten times. They well, they did it ten, and and did it on a couple of different turnbuckles. Yeah, and they kind of you know, and it didn't quite get the the big pop that I think it would have gotten if they'd used the same turnbuckle and stood there and did it over and over again. I think that's that's the only thing. The oh, it's almost like an itch that you want to scratch, because like I know there's still like so much more things that I would want to like so many more of your ideas that I would want to see tried in a wrestling match. But for us to get to the place to where it was like your way or the highway of like, you are going to do it like this. Or right. It's like, yeah. Cause I was never in that position where no. I could, you know, be the Ole Anderson. Right. And, and uh, I did tell a guy one time, that was just starting to train and he was working on his entrance and he didn't know how to hit the ropes yet. And I asked him if he had, you know, maybe I just said, maybe before you start worrying about your finish, you should learn how to lock up. Right. Right. Because that's the problem. Y'all want to learn. Y'all want to work on entrances and finishes and you don't even know how to lock up and hit the ropes. Yeah. And you, you're worried about your gear and yeah. your name and your yeah. character. And you don't know how to work yet. Right. You know, learn how to, like I, I even told you, you should learn how. If you can't run like one spot successfully, and like the simplest of spots, right. like the international spot with mm-hmm. the, the headlock and drop down and and um, get it hit, hip toss and get it again, if you can't do that, then you don't need to be worried about what your finish is going to be. Right. You don't need to be worried about what music you're going to play and what your posing is going to be like on your way to the ring. That's all that they care about. Yeah. You know, and, and 
Anyway. I think that was kind of – I think that was – that was very – it was very eye-opening to me. But it was it, – of man, this is what these kids are caring about. And then it was like this is going. This is a whole generation that this is. This is what we're going to see. They're not going to know the basic fundamentals of wrestling. Right. They're going to know this pose. Are going to? Are they going to know this? But let me tell you that there's a other. There's another guy mm-hmm. that would sit. And I would talk, and I'm I don't want to I'm not even gonna say his name yeah because I would never want anybody to think I was taking credit for any of his success right. because it's not true right it's all him however mm-hmm. when he was first getting started I spent a lot of time talking to him and he would say hey can he would ask me wrestlers that he could watch because mm-hmm. there's like if I want I want to learn how to do this like because that's yeah. what I'm good for I'll be honest yeah. with you like I'm right. not um. I'm not some savant when it comes to putting matches together and this and that and the other, but right. if you want to know what wrestlers did certain things well, right. then I can tell you. Wonderful. You're a wonderful resource. Right, right. Here's who you need to be watching. And I gave him this huge long list of guys yeah. that he should watch. Mm-hmm. And he's, you know, been fairly successful Yeah, in the area. Yeah. Um, he's done pretty good. Uh, yeah, I think. I think he might even be a lawyer now. <laughs> <laughs> that or a dog food salesman. I'm not sure. <laughs> One of the two. One of the two. I texted him after he um, um, appeared on Monday Night Raw. Yeah. And uh, I was like, man, that's awesome. Like, I'm I'm really happy for you. And, and I hope, you know, I hope if nothing else, at least you got to do that. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? I'm really happy for you, man. And uh, I said, now I got to um, – I got to stop texting you and get online and make sure everybody knows we're friends. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. You know, because there was a ton of messages oh, for yeah. them shows. Um, so, um, <laughs> this is this is hilarious. Uh, so, I I was, uh, it was either that night or the next day, I texted my friend and I'm telling her, oh, my friend was on TV last night. Oh, well, what, you know, what was he on? Like, well, he was on wrestling. Like, Wrestling? Do you wrestle? Well, no. He <laughs> he was a he was a divorced lawyer. Yeah. It's like your friend's a lawyer. I'm like, no, <laughs> nope. <laughs> he was playing a divorced lawyer. She's like, what do you mean? I'm like, he was acting. What do you mean? They're all actors. <laughs> yeah. He was playing a divorced lawyer, and this lady is divorcing her husband. Was it really her husband? Yes. <laughs> now, it gets, now it gets confusing. And they're getting a divorce? No. No, no, no. But they got a divorce, Lord. He's an actor. <laughs> yeah. Acting. Act brilliant. <laughs> like, yeah. But I'm trying to explain all of this to her. And she's like, you, you're trying to get me to even think about thinking about possibly watching this. And this is your pitch. Yeah. Okay, good point. Good point. And she's like, well, who, she's like, they're not. She's like, so let me get this straight. Your friend was on a wrestling show, but he was playing a lawyer. He was playing a divorce lawyer for a real couple that it's not actually getting divorced. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. What, I don't get what you what, get about What's this. What's not easy to follow <laughs> yeah. about that? Uh. Anyway, he's a good guy. I like him. I, I really, he's a 
genuinely good person, and I'm glad to see good things happen. I'm taking zero credit. I don't no. want anybody to take that away. Yeah. I'm in no way taking credit for anything. But, but like, I did sit down and talk with him at the beginning yeah. and say, I think you should watch some Ricky Morton matches and, yeah. and things like that. Or watch some Ricky Steamboat and watch some of these guys and kind of see how they do it. Yeah. Yep. Here's the thing. 20 years from now, people are still going to be watching Ricky Morton matches, Ricky Steamboat matches. Ricky Morton is booked in New Japan right now. <laughs> yeah. No, what, what what I mean is what's happening right now that 20 years from now, hey, what you need to do is you need to go back and watch a Marco Stunt match. You need to go back yeah. and watch what he did. Watch his facial expressions. <laughs> watch his timing. Right. Uh, you watch his skill. Mm-hmm. That's what you – and that's – And that's how you need to do it. But, boss, I'm six foot tall, 200 pounds. Well, okay. Then, <laughs> well, then you probably don't need to be watching AEW. That's what <laughs> finds <Sure>. you. <laughs> yeah. It's a crazy world we're living in. And on this world, there's this thing called Twitter. We would love to hear from you. I'm at Heath Mulligan. I'm at the DDK show. We have a patron. For, for now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, whoo. If you're trying to message Mark and other, if you're wondering why he hadn't been in the patrons group, uh, if, you, if you're one of our patrons, I'll message you and tell you why. He's just not. No, I'll tell him. I don't care. My, I got hacked through my Instagram account. Oh. And um, it showed a um, couple of logins from up in North Carolina. Yeah. And I don't know what would have caused that. But anyway, and they logged into my Facebook Messenger and whatever. All of it happened on the same day, and then I didn't discover it for a yeah. few weeks. I mean, it just – Yeah. I, I kind of check my security stuff every now and then. And yeah. And I looked, and it said you had this login like on November or whatever, sometime in the middle of November. And I looked at Instagram, same thing, same day. And I went back and realized somebody, a friend of mine, had sent me a video attachment of something. Oh. And I don't recall opening the video. Yeah, yeah. But maybe I did click on it and didn't realize it. And, yeah. Um, and it, I'm sure that was some sort of worm or Trojan horse or whatever they call them. And uh, so Trojan, anyway, yeah. it's just not worth it, man. And it looked, and I look, you can see, like it'll show you where you've, you can use your Facebook login to log in to other stuff yeah and it had like logged me into some account on some other site and i don't know what that is yeah and i'm certainly not gonna click that link and find right. out what it is you know because right now there's a deniability on my part of right the, hey man like you know somebody hacked me but once you click on something now you've clicked on it so i just deleted them it's not worth it man it's not the plus um I'm not disparaging a major corporation who might come after me. I can mm-hmm. only go by what I've heard the founder say when he when he had to uh, testify, testify <laughs> that maybe uh, they made some mistakes with their the way they handle people's private information. Um, I don't think there's such a thing as private information. No, but I didn't like the fact that I could be talking to somebody just about anything, and then an hour later there's an ad for it. We we were sitting at the house, and I said uh, we were kind of planning vacations for this year. Yeah. Plural. Yeah. You know, vacations, what we were going to do this yeah. year. Yeah. And uh, 
I just said something like, "Are we are we doing Disney this year?" Because like we kind of talked about not doing it, yeah. just because of all the construction going on, and it's just not it's not as fun when there's a lot of construction right. going on. And it's going to be done next year. And it wasn't. Thirty minutes later, I logged in, and it was like I had a, a targeted ad that said, "It's time for you to start planning your next Disney vacation." I just thought, man, this is. I don't like this, man. I just don't like that. Um, I, the other day, I was driving home. I haven't told anybody this, okay? I was driving home, and I was just, you know how your mind wanders when you're driving, you talk about connecting different things. Uh-huh. And somehow my brain gets to Demolition Man, the movie. Mm-hmm. And I think, man, I... I think I want to watch Demolition Kinda Man. kind of like to see Demolition Man. I get home, and I've been wanting to watch another movie. I've been wanting mm. to watch uh, – my friend Thomas Simpson gave me all the Star Wars movies on DVD, all uh-huh. the original Star Wars movies, all of them. Hey. My DVD player, my Blu-ray player, not working. Yeah. So I find out some of them are on Hulu. I don't have a Hulu account, okay? So I, I re-subscribe to Hulu. What's the first movie you think pops up? Demolition Man. Demolition Man. You may want to see Demolition Man. Mm-hmm. I hadn't even. I've had that happen to me too, man. Now, that may be how your brain plays. I don't know. Mm. But all I know is everything you click on, here's what I believe. They're all sharing all the information. I think so too. I think uh you know it's a funny thing you talk about demolition man. I think that what happens is they plant seeds. Ooh. To get you to demolition man. Huh. Cuz I don't know how many times I've just come across an article that'll mention a show or mention a, a something huh. or this or that or the other and and I'll start thinking, man, you know, I ain't seen Demolition Man in a long time. Yeah. And I, and then I'll go to Walmart, and there'll be a fresh stack of Demolition Man DVDs. You know what I mean? How many times has that happened to oh, you? Oh, yeah. That you don't think about it. Or maybe it's not next week. Maybe it's a month from the – it's a month later. You, you keep you, you keep thinking. You know, it's strange. I just finished uh, watching Frasier. Uh-huh. I ain't thought about Frasier in years, but it was a good show. Right? Yeah, never watched well it. written. Oh, really? Yeah. I think you'd like it. It's a okay. very well written show. But anyway, so I go to Netflix. I start watching Frasier, and it pops up. This is won't be playing after January first. Now, why all of a sudden was I interested in Frasier? Right as it's leaving Netflix, because it's where's it going? I think, and I would it be Hulu? Because that's NBC. Well, it is on Hulu right now. Um, HBO starting a new streaming service in May. And I just wonder if it's not going to be there. And it got. Now I finished. I was able to finish. Yeah, all I'm of rewatching season. The Office right now. Really? So. Um, yeah, I think. I think a couple of things are happening. Every click, every view, they know, and they they are knowing more and more about you. Mm-hmm. And they're going to have you dead to rights. Yeah. Okay. And. 
they're sharing that information, but then they're also so they know, hey, Heath likes these things, so we're going to feed him more of that. Right. Uh, and it's like you said with Disney Plus, they saw people watching Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. Right. And now they're doing they're, yeah, Chip and Dale or it's um, Ducktales. I think Ducktales, oh. and it's not going to be a, like a ride or an attraction, but they're just putting in like a little Ducktales thing at Epcot. Yeah. Because that's what a lot of people were watching. That's a nostalgic thing for a certain people of a certain age. Like our stuff, our pop culture stuff is fading off now. Like, right. You know, um, for my grandpa, and the, it would have been John Wayne and Clint Eastwood, and yeah. that kind of stuff's kind of gone away. Yeah. Uh, Elvis. Uh, yeah, Elvis. And, and now it'll be Transformers and G.I. Joe and He-Man you won't see as much anymore, I guess. Because you can't find a lot of good old TV shows anymore. Like I've tried to find Three's Company and yeah. Night Court and um, Happy Days and all in the Come family. Come on, knock on our door. <laughs> what a great show! That is. <laughs> but like so you Fra- can't find you can't find this. So stuff. I need to go watch Frasier. I love Frasier, man. It's a great. It's a well written show. It's it's an it's like um, old comedy. Yeah, yeah you know I what I mean. You. I get you. I get like what you're that. Uh, there's one episode that the first ten minutes is silent. It's just got music and it's physical comedy like the old Buster Keaton stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that witty boom, 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 boom. Like weird. us. Yeah, yeah. Weird thing about sitcoms, though. Just to, I'm sure I'm not the first person to have this thought. Mm-hmm. The other day, my wife and I were at Walmart. Mm-hmm. And we, I didn't have my phone. I left yeah. it in the car. And we got separated in Walmart. And it took us about 20 minutes to find it because we were kind of yeah. just walking around. So my wife and I, who lived together, been together for over 20 years, just forgot a cell phone one time in the same building as one another. It took us about 20 minutes to finally bump into one another and find where the other was at. You ever notice how on these TV shows, these people that live in these major metropolitan cities just keep bumping into one another all the time, everywhere they go? They go. They go to the mall. Hey, what are you doing here? They're they're three friends that they hang out with all the time. We're at the mall too. They stop in the coffee shop. Their friends come into the coffee shop. They're in a restaurant. Their buddy walks into the restaurant. Hey, what are you doing here? And they live in these, you know, huge cities, and they're always bumping into one another out in the world. 15, 20 times a week, bumping into each other. Yet me and my wife can't find one another in Walmart. Hmm. Just an interesting observation. That is an interesting observation. Of course, I guess it wouldn't make much of a TV show for just some loser guy that doesn't have any friends hanging around, you know, eating cheese and crackers all the time in his underwear. It would be the Mark Whitman show. (laughs) Oh. Oh, speaking of the Mark Whitman show. I got this. Somebody sent me this uh, text. Apparently, there is a show playing in Greenville right now called The Heath. Really? And it's like a... uh... Now, I got excited. I'm like, I got to go see this. But the lady that wrote it, it's about... It's talking about her life like on a farm in the prairie and her grandfather's life and it weaves in like banjo and shakespeare and so i have come to realize the heath is talking about the field right because the heath is like it's like a, a it's a wasteland prairie small brook bush on a prairie whatever 
Small bush. Yeah, I mean, small bush. That's literally what the definition of heat is. It's a small bush on a prayer. And, uh, and so I got all excited, you know. Like, literally, you look at the word heat. A small bush on a prayer. Small bush on a prayer. And I got all excited because I thought it was going to be about a person. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to go to one of the performances. Like, I'm, the, I'm Heath, but it fits about the field. It doesn't mean as much. And so I think. Uh, I think her name's Lauren Sunderson, Gunderson, if you're listening. I'm sure that the people that are out writing plays called the Heath are listening to the Double Drop Kick Show. Somebody, listen, six degrees of separation. Somebody's listening to this who knows this woman. This is probably true. And I appreciate your art, ma'am. And I, just, I do want to come see your show. It sounds amazing. And I might can even bring a date to it. Who knows? And, But let's just not capitalize the H. The and make it a little H. Yeah. Because you got my – I was very excited. But you know what has – But that's not how you do titles to things. I know. You don't. I know. But if she makes it a little H, then when I write my musical, Shakespearean musical called The Heath, I can use a capital H. And by the way, copyright Heath, The Heath, I copyright and trademark that right now. With a capital H. With a capital H. Both H's. These, sto- capital- these, sto- these stories haven't been embellished. <laughs> Because they don't need it. <laughs> They're simply. Can I do the thing that Bruce Springsteen did and just get a guitar and stand up in front of people and tell my stories? I mean, you can after like a 40 year successful musical career. Yes, you can do that. <laughs> what was funny? Have you, so the Springsteen thing's on Netflix now. Mm-hmm. Have you watched it? He gets up there yeah. and he's like, uh, yes. Pretty much, this has all been a lie. This has all been a lie. I've been writing about working in the factory and the steel workers, and I never did yeah, that. Yeah, driving fast cars. I didn't get my driver's license until I was in my 20s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he was good, though, man. It, it was a work. But he he lived his gimmick, kayfabe, for years. And then he finally did the shoot interview. That's right. That's right. If you haven't listened to his autobiography yet, I would say. He's a great storyteller. I yeah. tell the and story. That voice. Yeah, I, I know. I probably tell this story once a year, but I got that the Springsteen box set, and I can remember there's a song called "The River." Yeah, and I, he tells the story of of when his dad got him to cut his hair, and oh, the and he, yeah, and he didn't get drafted, and his dad said that's good, and uh, that's such a that's, that's one of the best story. stories from the book, and then I think he tells that on the Broadway. Yeah, he does. Well, he I heard, I first heard it on that box set from yeah. back in the '80s that came out of all wow. the live performances, um, and was like hooked on him since then. I've been a fan of Springsteen. I need to get that book because I'm I'm gonna sign up for Audible. Mm-hmm. Do we still have an Audible link? I was gonna ask you that today. I can find you one. Well, I mean, it's not a. If you I, use a different email, you can get a free trial and get it for free, or you can get the file the uh, audio files from me. And I'll put this it on your true. phone for you. Well, you're good people like that. Yeah, I am. Just remember that when Christmas rolls around. I think we already said, signed off. We gave our Twitter. We got a patron. We did. Patreon.com slash Double Dropkick. Now. I feel bad pimping the Patreon when we're not putting out that much content. Though. I put out three shows a week. Well, we're not putting out that good, well, we're not putting out good content. I do three out. shows a week. Without me. Oh, well, yeah. Uh. But the stuff I'm talking about is stuff you have no interest in talking about. And it's like a lot of the guys are not into that. Right. Um, I hate to break it to you. Well, I I need to show you how to just record something on your phone. 
You know, I mean, yeah, but I don't really know what to talk about. I think you, you do need to show me how to do that so I can like as I watch things. Because here's what I committed to do this year. Yeah. I used to spend a lot of time flipping. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. or watching YouTube videos. Yeah. So, in order to maximize my time in front of the TV, mm-hmm. I decided that I'll be watching shows. Yeah. Like, I want to watch just shows start to finish. Yeah. So, I'm doing that. I've committed to read three classic novels. Okay. Which ones? Well, I've I've just finished The Haunting of Hill House, okay. which is the the original ghost story. Uh-huh. So, I just finished that, and I started Jack Reacher, the new Jack Reacher book that uh-huh. my wife got. So, that's not really going to count as a classic. But I've already picked up Moby Dick. Yeah. So, I want to read Moby Dick, and I don't know what the third one will be. And I'm going to watch one classic film every month. Okay. And I don't mean like Star Wars. I mean like a... A classic, the Citizen Kane's, which yeah. I've seen. It won't be Citizen Kane, yeah. but twelve classic films, three classic novels this year. Hmm. Interesting. Very good. Very good. Very good. Yeah, you're right. That Mark Whitman show is not going to be very. Good. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to be very interesting. It's. Well, I hear you. I think. Look at the way he flips in pages, boy. <laughs> I think my story right now would be pretty dang good. I think yours would. Mine would. I don't know what mine would be at this point. Because here's the thing. My show, it would have some lulls in it. It would have some just like, what is this guy thinking? But you know, sooner or later in the two hours, I'm going to eat like 40 ice cream sandwiches. You know something's going to happen. Heath's going to try to jump the Grand Canyon. Heath's going to eat 40 <laughs> ice cream sandwiches. This guy just ate three pizzas. What is he doing? What What, what the heck? Heath, man, uh, Heath has got pulled over and didn't have his license, and there's beer cans. In the, you know, you know, that's a, the story for another. That's another. Yeah, anyway. Uh, yeah, so something. I'm going to do something ridiculously stupid Yeah. that uh, – you know, but he's got a concussion, broke three bones in his face at youth camp, running into a kid. How does that happen? And um, yeah, it's going to end up with me in the hospital, getting an X-ray. I got a feeling my show is going to end up with me in a hospital too, <laughs> alcohol poisoning or something like that. <laughs> maybe, maybe your show should just be your liver, yeah. and it's like. Hey! <laughs> Maybe, maybe I don't fit the norm. (laughs) Come on. It's just Tuesday. Give a man a break. Come on now. What are you doing up there? And then you got your gallbladder's like, hey, Tom, what's going on today? Shut up, Scotty. I don't need your bull crap today. Then you got you, your kidneys, your kidneys, Johnny and Tammy. What are you guys doing today? Ah, shut up! I don't need you anyway. We're we're having some trouble back here. We may be heading for dialysis. Dialysis, smileysis. <laughs> I can't even feel half of myself. I can't feel. I ain't felt my left foot in three weeks. I don't even know if it's still there. You're telling me about dialysis. And then Carl the colon. He's, he's going, 
He's like, I am tired of this crap. Shut up, Carl. Shut up. Don't make me come back there. Yeah, my internal organs. I think we just did the whole show, though, is the only thing. Yeah, That's I think so. I that was pretty much it. I'm going to tell you. We're we're coming up on six years of this podcast, and that might be the height for me. Like that was the high point, me impersonating your liver. Yep. What did I say his name was? Maybe Larry. Larry the liver. I, I don't, don't think know. so. Probably not. But I can't remember. What, Carl. No, Carl. Carl was the co. That was like two minutes ago, and I already yeah. forgot the the liver. Name. Yeah. Well, you know, it happens. It does happen. Yeah. You know what my liver would be doing? I can't breathe. <laughs> <laughs> I can't breathe. Yeah, your liver's lily white. Yeah. Well, I mean, but he, he's underneath a hundred pounds of fluff. Hundred pounds of what is that fat called? The Ottoman fat. <laughs> yeah. But what do you call it? Fat on my, all in my <laughs> belly right here. I just call it fat. That's. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You done skied out on past ribeye. You a full blown chuck roast at this point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got news for you. That ain't baby fat. It's permanent. Lord, if they could do an episode just of all my fat molecules multiplying, that's a 24-hour-a-day channel. That's a 24-hour news. Like they're just, yes, it is. It never stops. My, my fat is multiplying so fast they call it Dollar General. One popping up everywhere all that's the good. time. You like that's that, good, right? Yeah. That, let's, let's go ahead and wrap this up. All right. <laughs> Hey, wrestling, comedy, stock advice. It's everything you get from the Double Dropkick Show. So, happy 2020 to everybody. Lots more to come. This is the Double Dropkick Show. And for the Double Dropkick Show, I'm Heath Mulligan. And I'm Mark Whitman. And that's it this week, fans. So long for now.